It's a privilege to start the Maral Shirin once again. We're holding by the third Mishnah in Pirkei Avas, which we're learning together with the Pirish of the Derech HaChaim of the Maral. The Mishnah says, Antigonish Yisaychai Kibel Mishimra Tzadik. Antigonish Yisaychai, who was a student of Shimra Tzadik, and the advice he gives us, who are Omer, is, Altiyu Kavodim HaMisham Shemesarav HaManas LaKavu Pras. Don't be like servants who are serving their master on condition that they get a reward. Ella, rather, have a And now it's interesting, there's two different gerses. Some Mishnahs of the Gerser, be like those servants who serve the Rav, not in order to get a reward. Whereas the Gerser here in the print of the morale is, have a be like servants, Hamashamishim Saraf who served their master, Almanash Shalolikabu Pras. On condition not to get a reward. In other words, it's not the neutral, it's the negative. Look, one could be like a servant who serves in order to get a reward. That's the first option. Antigonus tells us not to be like that. One could be like a servant who doesn't serve in order to get a reward. That's the second option. And the third option is one could be like a servant who serves in order not to get a reward. That's the Mishnah. And the Maral begins with an introduction. And he says, Being as the, the Avos, mean the leaders, the fathers as it were of the Jewish people, and we're talking here about the leader of each door, so and his capacity as the godla door of his door, and therefore there was no one to equal them, they therefore took responsibility for the door, and part of that responsibility was giving them advice, and therefore based on the level of the generation, that was the Musa was tailor made for the generation it was given to. It wasn't just random advice which was offered to whoever wanted to listen. Rather, each of the Tanoim, when they decided what to say, decided what was appropriate for the door that they were speaking to. When Shemar Sadiq spoke, he told us about the three pillars on which the world stands, the place of the whole world. When Antigonus Yisrochah came to give us advice, so it's focused on specifically Avedus Hashem. All the actions a person can do which are going to fit into the category of Avedus Hashem are included in the words of Antigonus, and that is what kind of servant of Hashem are you meant to be? And that attitude to the kind of servant of Hashem one is planning to be is going to spill over, is going to affect whatever area of avoid or whatever part of his service of Hashem, in midst of servant, it's going to apply to. Why? Because he says, Really, all things that a person does can all be directed to being a part of his Avedos Don't be like servants who serve to get a reward. And the second line of the mission, the second instruction is So why was this what was necessary for Antigonus' door and why this part of Shemitah is going to explain? 
But first he wants to explain the lesson I'm taking us taught us. And there's, it's a very famous idea. Don't serve Hashem in order to get rewards. But the Maral is going to ask a very simple question. And that is, why can we tell people not to serve Hashem in order to get a reward when if we look at the Torah, how the Torah presents the mitzvahs to us is, in, yes, in order to get a reward. The way the Torah presents the mitzvahs is in order to that if you do this, you'll be blessed, the rain will fall, you won't get sick, Hashem will look after you, uh, it'll, it'll be a source of reward for you when you keep the Torah. And therefore, the Torah introduces the mitzvahs to us, so the Torah clearly, so to speak, understands that we're given, we've been told the mitzvahs and we offered reward for that. Is that the case? It's a logical thing to assume that the motivation that the Torah is providing for us to do the mitzvahs is to get reward. And if that's the case, so the first question I have to ask is, is Antigonus' advice arguing with what the Torah says? And the second part of that question, the question, is if there's really a mailer, like Antigonus says, of serving Hashem not to get a reward, so why wouldn't the Torah recommend that mailer? Why does the Torah speak about the mitzvahs in terms of the reward that, that we're going to get for them? And the Torah even seems to make it one, so to speak, as the reason for the other one. We're at the end of the second Pasha Shema. We're told to keep the mitzvahs that the Torah talks about. It says, In order that your days and the days of your children get lengthened. So it seems to be keeping the mitzvahs in order that you should have a long life. So isn't that seeming, seemingly uh, making the mitzvahs observance dependent on reward? So that's the first question the Mara asks. How can I say don't be like servants who are serving in order to get reward when the Torah is full of that? The man Yitzhak Rechol, the man Yerich and Yomech, the Torah says, you do this, so it should be good for you, do this so that your day should be lengthened. So the Torah itself is saying that the, the result of giving mitzvahs is the reward. The Gemara says, A person who has a sick child, and he gives a donation to Tzedakah, and he says, this money should be for Tzedakah, al manas in order that my son should live. So, the Gemara says, even though there's a very clear reason uh, why a person is doing the mitzvah, there's a very clear, uh, so to speak, price that a person has in mind, says the Gemara, it's still an act of tzitkus, it's still an act of righteousness, that he gave the tzedakah, even if it's meant as a refer for his son. If that's the case, when we see that a person who does a mitzvah expecting a certain tangible reward, the Gemara calls him a tzadikom. That's the first question. The second question, and it seems like the, that the mission doesn't say simply. The mission doesn't say, don't serve Hashem to get a reward, serve Hashem not to get a reward. The Mishnah talks about categories of people. Don't be in the category of people who are serving to get a reward. Rather, be in the category of people who are serving not to get a reward. Have a ka'avodim. Be like those servants who are not to get a reward. And if that's the case, 
So who are this group? Who are these people? What is this group of servants? Why does the antagonist make it dependent on a group of people rather than just saying simply, don't serve Hashem with intention of reward, rather serve Hashem without the intention of reward. And the last point he says, the second piece of advice that antagonist gives us, that the fear of heaven should be on you, so he asks a question, which is a well-known question for Kosher. Why do you talk about fear as being fear of heaven? You're a Shemayim. Why do you talk about simply as being fear of Hashem? Like the Bible calls it, you're Hashem. So if you're going to talk about the fear of Hashem, talk about Hashem. You're Hashem. Why are we talking about it in the terms of you're Shemayim? Shemayim is the heaven. Why is that a factor in what a person should be afraid of. So as a preface to the Maral's explanation, let's just go back over some uh, important principles. Let's call them basic principles in understanding how Hashem creates the world because it's going to be important to understand how we relate to the mitzvahs Hashem gave us to do. And that is, we know, it's brought down in many places in the Ramchal and it's already sourced in the Zayar, that if we ask, if we would ask, what is the reason that Hashem created the world? And the answer which is brought down is that Hashem's intention in creating the world was lahetik. Hashem's intention in creating the world, in the world was to do good to people. And Dr. Amchal explains it that what's the ultimate good that Hashem can do for a person? Not just to ply him with gifts, to give him everything he wants for free. The real good, firstly, isn't physical, and isn't something you can give a person, but even if it would be, the fact that a person is just is a recipient of more and more and more things makes him into a beggar, makes him into somebody who's just able to take and unable to reciprocate. And the second point, that might, might make him able to take things in a physical sense, but if there's more to what HaKadosh Baruch can give than just a wealth of physical things, an abundance of Yashmias, so then by giving a person more and more, he's not going to get anything more than that. And therefore, if it's understood that there's more that a person can take than just being given Gashmias. So we need to understand what's higher than that, what's better than that. Well, the first step is the fact that Hashem can give a person something which makes the person more similar to him. If HaKadosh Baruch is considered good, then what's more similar to Hashem is considered closer to being what's good. And the way a person becomes closer to Hashem is by being more similar to Him. We're not talking about a physical thing which is closeness and proximity of physicality. We're talking about closeness to a Ruchnius ideal. And therefore, the more a person similar to Hashem is the closer a person is. And if Hashem would always be giving and a person would always be taking, then He's not close to Hashem, He's actually the 
diametric opposite of Hashem. Hashem is the ultimate giver, and this person is the ultimate taker. And therefore, what makes a person more similar to Hashem is that a person is acting similarly to Hashem acts. And therefore, the chesed Hashem does for a person is that it gives the person the chance to act in a way which is similar to how Hashem acts, because that's what makes a person more similar to Hashem. The fact that a person can also be a giver makes a Muslim rotation than if a person is just able to take. And the second point, and that is something that a person intrinsically deserves, works on, and develops is his. It's part of him. Something that a person is just given which he doesn't deserve isn't really part of him. He happens to have it right now. But it's not really his and he can lose it. And therefore, what a person can develop and make his own that's his and he can enjoy that. What a person is just given without any work, without any development on his part, is something which he might be given but it doesn't become his. For example, if you would give somebody a very fancy set of sfarim, it might be right now they have the set of sfarim because you gave it to them but they can lose it, it can be taken away from them because all they have is the fact that you gave it to them. Whereas the person would now go and learn those sfarim well, and he knows them inside out. So now it becomes a part of him. That's not something that's easy to take away from him. And therefore Hashem's chesed in creating the world was twofold. To do good to people, but in the real sense of good. Which means, number one, to give people a chance to get closer to him. And number not just to get given things by him. And number two, that what the person is going to be able to achieve is going to be something which really is the person's. It's not just something which has been given as a handout. And therefore, Kaddish Baruch creates a system where a person has to achieve in order to receive. A person has to follow the mitzvahs, learn the Torah, because that's what's going to make a person change. That's what's going to make a person become greater himself. And you're going to say in different words, that's what's going to make a person re- deserve the reward he's eventually going to get. It's his. He's worked to get it. And if that's the case, it's not something which can get taken away from him. It's something a person has to feel bad for receiving. You know, something which is now, it has become something which is his. Similarly, by fulfilling the mitzvahs, and acting in a way similar to Hashem, that makes the person closer to Hashem. And that itself is a reward. And if that's the case, what, what's Hashem going to do? What's HaKadosh Baruch going to do in order to allow people, so to speak, to get their chesed? So there's two points. The first point is that He has to give them something that they can do to deserve it, to earn it. And that the result of what they do will have an effect on a person, making more similar to Hashem. Now, what can a person deserve and earn? In a world which is perfect, there's nothing missing. And therefore, there's nothing which is necessary for a person to do. So what can the person do in order to, so to speak, deserve reward? In other words, let's take a mushroom. 
If I made a poor man by the bus stop and I gave him a slice of bread, he had a food. He wouldn't be hungry till this morning. Tomorrow morning he'd be hungry again. I came and gave him another slice of bread. And I kept this up every day. So for sure I'm a big Baal Chesed. I'm feeding a hungry man. But Mitzat the hungry man, he never has a guarantee of food. Even though I've been keeping up the, my daily ritual of bringing him a piece of bread for tens of years, there's no obligation on me. It's just the chest I'm repeating again and again. And therefore, from his point of view, is he ever guaranteed tomorrow's slice of bread? Not really. And it's a daily embarrassment. Every day, I'm, but even though I'm giving him the bread, I'm tantamant, it's tantamant to saying, you're a beggar, and I need to give you tzedakah. So let's say we're up to the step. The Rambam says that instead of uh, giving a person a handout, it's a much bigger soccer to provide the person a job. So I would go to this beggar and I would say, listen, I know you need food. Well, I need someone to work for me. So I'll tell you what, you come and work for me and I'll give you the food. And now the beggar would probably feel much better about himself. Firstly, he doesn't have to feel like such a down and out. Like such a loser for always taking. Because now I'm being employed. I have a job. And if I'm being given food every day, that's it's, it's owing to me. I worked hard to get it. Secondly, if I'm being employed for a job, that means that I have a certain amount of security. In other words, I'm not relying on somebody's chesed every day that he wakes up in a good mood and he's available to give me the bread. No. Now that I'm doing a job, so then I, I'm going, I deserve the, the salary for my job. And that's okay, so I have more to rely on. So we can understand well. Now let's imagine our poor former beggar who's now become a worker for a wealthy man. He realizes, even though it's, I was told I'm being given the job and I'm being put on a salary every month, really I'm doing nothing. The job he wants me to do is to come to his office and and just keep myself busy doing things which nobody needs and nobody cares about. And make absolutely no difference to anybody. How's he going to feel then? I'll tell you how he'll feel. He'll feel that this is just a stalker with a very poor disguise. The man wanted to feed me, he wanted to give me food as a stalker. So he concocted this idea that there's a job for me to do, so that that way it doesn't look like a stalker, but I can see right through it. I'm not doing anything at all useful to anybody. This is just a way of giving me soccer, ki'ilo, that it's a job. And I guarantee you, when it comes to that realization, you won't feel any better. Exactly where you started off. It means I'm not necessary for the business. And therefore, as soon as he doesn't want me, you can fire me. Uh, he doesn't need me for anything. And do I feel good about taking something which is a pure stalker I don't need? No. And if that's the case, we need to understand. If that's the case, that's the way Akadosh Baruch is working, is that he gives us Torah mitzvahs to do. So that way, we, so to speak, aren't being given our reward as a chesed. Rather, we will be given our, our reward because we've earned it, because something which, so to speak, is part of us. Well, if we think about it a second time, then we think there's actually nothing for us to do. Hashem doesn't need us. Hashem doesn't miss anything without us. So what, the Torah mitzvahs is busy work? The Torah mitzvahs are just ways to keep us occupied, so to speak, that we feel we're doing something and we're not? That doesn't make sense. 
Because if that would be the case, you're not going to feel any better. You're going to feel, this is just a, so to speak, a thinly veiled way of giving us stocker. And if that's the case, this is, this is the important use you need to understand. If that's the case, we have to understand that if HaKadosh Baruch is giving us a job to do, it means it's a job which is necessary. It's a job which is achieving something real. But that sounds like a contradiction. How can it be that we're doing something real? We're giving HaKadosh Baruch something of meaning, when at the same time Hashem doesn't need anything and Hashem's not missing anything. So what are we giving Him? And this was a tremendous theological, so to speak, uh, debate, point of unclarity in explaining what, what, how it could be that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives people a job to do and there's meaning in that when, when Hashem doesn't need anything that the person's doing. In other words, if we're eating kosher food or non-kosher food, but how does that affect Hashem? If you're doing things one or the other way, how does that affect Hashem? And if it doesn't, then why are we doing it? And if you tell us it's just that we should be kept busy following rules when the rules have no meaning, that doesn't make sense. That's not a chesed. And therefore, let's understand the very deep answer to this question. I heard this from Rabbi Rabbi, the message of Rezekhar and And that is, in order for to create a person, and to create the person with a tafkit, to create the person with a job to do, and it's going to be something which is meaningful, and it's going to be something which is necessary, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has to make a new concept in the world, which is something that he doesn't yet have, and therefore it becomes something that a person can give him. It's not enough just to create the person to do something. Hashem has to create the something, which means Hashem has to create the entity, what a person can do and what a person can give. And that's something which he never had before. And if that's the case, there's a real giving here because we're giving Hashem something which he never previously had. And how are we going to answer the second part of the question? And that is, Hashem is perfect in every possible way. So how can there be something he doesn't have that people need to give him? And the answer to that is, the answer to that is that what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to create for some people to give him is something that yet even if he doesn't have, there's nothing missing in Hashem's perfection. What does that mean? So let's first see what it is. What did Hashem create that people can give him? And we say it every day in Shachis, we say, Taif, Hashem who is good and wants to do good, Yatsar Kovad Lishmai. Hashem creates something called Kovad. Kovad didn't exist before people were created. Because Kovad is the way that one entity respects or treats or acts towards another. And when there only is one entity in existence, there isn't the possibility of covet. You can't mechabed yourself. You can't honor yourself. It doesn't work. It's impossible. And therefore, as long as the person hadn't yet been created, there was no meaning for the time of It didn't exist. It's only when HaKadosh Baruch wants to create a person as a second entity besides himself, now that 
so to speak, gives birth to the possibility of a concept called covet. Now it's possible for there to be something which can give covet to Hashem. And when we listen to Him, and when we try to please Him, and when we keep His mitzvahs, so really what we're giving HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the covet. That we consider what you say important. And we listen to you. And we do what you want us to do, even if it's difficult for us. That's all part of the concept of covet. And we're giving something. And if that's the case, do we say, are we, are we doing something? Are we achieving? Are we employed? Is there something for us to do? Yes, there is. On the other hand, when you give a covet, what are you giving? Something tangible? Something edible? Something real? Something which is lasting value? No. And therefore, to say that we're giving Hashem, yes we are. To say, well, Hashem is getting something that He didn't have previously, it's nothing of significance. And therefore Hashem creates an entity of something that He can give, that we can give, and from our point of view we've given, but on the other hand, something which He's not lacking, and therefore it's not like in some way Hashem was missing something beforehand. That's the concept of covenant. And now, this background, which is important to know always, but it brings us to the question. And that is, Hashem's stated intention in all the mitzvahs was in order to do good to us. And the Kodesh Baruch Hu's plan in the creation from its very inceptual stages, from its inception, was so that we, Hashem can do good. And therefore, if a person wants to keep the mitzvahs, in order to receive the good that Hashem intended him to get for doing the mitzvahs. If the starting point and the original intention of Hashem was, I want to do good. I want to benefit a person. I want to reward him. Not with things, but with a level. To reward him in a way that he is going to become closer to me. So then if a person has that in mind when he's doing the mitzvahs, what's he doing wrong? He's not doing anything wrong. He's doing the mitzvahs for the same reason that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted him to do the mitzvahs. Hashem wants a person to do the mitzvahs in order that he can be rewarded. A person is doing a mitzvah in order to get rewarded. What could be wrong with that? And indeed the Maral says, If a person doesn't get the reward, It might not be the ikah, the best reason for the avoida, which is not to explain why not. But if a person does it that in mind, he's still a tzadik gomer. There's nothing wrong with that intention. To do good to Klai Yisrael is what Hashem wants. That's why Hashem created the world. That's why Hashem created people. A person says, I'm doing it because you have exactly the same intention that Hashem had when He made the mitzvah. That's perfect. That's a tzadik gomer. Ve'en pirish tzadik gomer gadol. Alvirish tzadik purech yisrael. Doesn't mean it's the greatest level, but it means there's nothing wrong with that. There's no chisar in that. Al midad yerna is a level higher. And so now the first the first thing we've learned therefore is that 
there's nothing wrong if a person's doing mitzvahs to get a reward. Antigonus didn't say it's bad. It's just that he's a tiny grammar for that. Except, he says, not the type of, it's not the highest possible level. There's a level above that. And that's the level we have to explain what that level is. So that by the Hashem, we'll see in the next year, uh, what higher motivation can there be than wanting to get a reward when we know that wanting to get a reward for mitzvahs is really the same reason that Hashem had in giving the mitzvahs and that, is that He wants to reward us. But the first big principle we learned from the morale is that we are, the thing is, is don't be like a body who serve to get a reward. He's not saying it's Osir. He's not saying it's Osir. What we're saying is it's not the most perfect motivation.